Welcome to another episode of the Life Group Leader Podcast. Here at Compass Bible Church, we exist to make disciples of Jesus Christ by reaching people for Christ, teaching people to be like Christ, and training people to serve Christ. And everything we do, including this podcast, is to fulfill that mission. Well, welcome here, Life Group Leaders. So thankful for you guys. So thankful for the ministry that we partner together for here at Compass Bible Church. I'm really looking forward to your life groups this week. Such a powerful text and such a powerful message of the authority of Christ over the forces of evil. And so why don't we jump in here in the text of Matthew 8, 28 through 34. Let me read it for you. And when Jesus came to the other side, to the country of the Gadarenes, two demon-possessed men met him, coming out of the tombs, so fierce that no one could pass that way. And behold, they cried out, What have you to do with us, O Son of God? Have you come here to torment us before the time? Now a herd of pigs was feeding at some distance from them, and the demons begged him, saying, If you cast us out, send us away into the herd of pigs. And Jesus said to them, Go. So they came out and went into the pigs. And behold, the whole herd rushed down the steep bank into the sea and drowned in the waters. The herdsmen fled, and going into the city, they told everything, especially what had happened to the demon-possessed men. And behold, all the city came out to meet Jesus. And when they saw him, they begged him to leave their region. The preaching point from the text was this, that Jesus' dominion over demonic forces ought to give you extreme confidence in his identity and mission to save you from your sin. This came in three points as we looked over the thematic outline of this text, and point number one was to recall Christ's authoritative position over evil. The second was to eagerly anticipate evil's impending judgment. And three, get on the right side of Christ's authority. Life group leaders, I think as you delve into these application questions, uh, you're going to find that they're a little more meaty than uh, maybe some of the previous application questions that you have gone through. So I want to encourage you to be diligent in working through these because some of these are going to require your effort to help your life group think about these and apply them to their lives. I think uh, like some of these that are going to be hard is, is question number three. We're going to look at all of these verses, Revelation 20.10, Revelation 12.12, Matthew 25.31-46, that talk about this impending judgment that's coming to Satan and demons. And the question there is, what do these verses and the sermon reveal about the lopsided victory of God over evil? How does this lopsided conclusion change the way you think about the forces of Satan at work today? And so I, I trust on, on one hand, this is a pretty simple question, but on the other, we're asking them of what are the implications of these verses and to the way that we look at the work of the devil in our culture today and the schemes of Satan and the evil that we see among us. How do we think about that in light of what is to come? And really is where the heart of that second question in question number four of, of this point, because all of my questions coincide with the teaching points, which I hope may be able to help you guys as you think about what is the point behind this question. Well, question number two is point number one. Question number three and four uh, coincide with question number two, and question number five coincides with, with point number three. And so questions three and four go along with point number two, where Second Peter 2, 4, and 
through 10 and Jude 6 are also continuing that theme of evil's impending judgment. And the question goes, how can these verses and Matthew 8, 28 through 34, give you confidence in God's sovereignty over evil in the here and now, while also pointing you towards your hope of vindication at the final judgment? Really work hard as you think about these two questions, helping people, helping your group see the need to anticipate evil's impending judgment. I trust and I, I, can, I just believe that one of the biggest problems your life group is going to encounter is how to think about evil. Uh, it's really the doctrine of theodicy, a systematic, uh, we think of systematic theology. Theodicy is God and, and suffering, God and evil. Like how, how can we in, in our world believe that there's a good, a good God, a God that is all good, and yet also there's a world with suffering and evil? And uh, these questions uh, fall categorically into that, uh, that subtopic of theodicy. And so it's going to be important for you to help your life group start thinking about, well, there is evil. Uh, and its judgment is coming, and we need to be anticipating and looking forward to that. Just like we look forward to our ultimate salvation in Christ at his return, we're going to be looking equally towards the, the justice of God reigning over the earth and begin thinking about how that should change the way that I'm living my life today. When I see something on the news, how it informs my prayers, how it informs uh, the way that I communicate to other people about current events, and the way that my heart ought to think about, and the way that my emotions ought to respond to uh, evil in light of its impending judgment. It's a deep, and there's a lot to talk about there, which is why I'm bringing it up here in the podcast, so that you can help your group think rightly about that and really genuinely apply this, because I think if our church will begin applying uh, point number two, eagerly anticipating evil's impending judgment, we begin applying that to our lives. Our church is just going to be a, such a stalwart, such a, a foundation and cornerstone, I think, in this community of how to deal with some of the hardest things that our world throws at us in a way that honors the Lord. Question number five is one I want to encourage you to get to question number five. Make sure you don't skip question number five. It's all about evangelism. It's all about helping us think rightly about the authority of Christ. It coincides with the third point of getting on the right side of Christ's authority. And the question is, is how does the point number three impress on you the importance of sharing the gospel and inviting others to church so they can get on the right side of Christ's authority? I, mean, I hope that it was enlightening for you to thematically look at this uh, text, Matthew eight twenty-eight through 34, and that third point of thinking thematically about how those in this account relate to the authority of Christ and how the way that they relate to the authority of Christ says everything about how they respond and how they live in light of Christ, how the, the demons relate to Christ through their coming judgment at the hands of Jesus. And so you can tell by the way they respond to Christ in verse 29 says everything you need to know about what they think about Jesus. They don't think highly of him. They don't love him. They, don't, they can only think about when they think about Jesus, they can only think about the coming judgment that they're going to receive at his hands and how they're going to have eternal judgment and wrath poured upon them by Jesus. It's not a great way to be thinking about the Jesus. If you're a demon, you have no other way to think about Jesus, but it's not the way that you would want to. We want to think about Jesus through the forgiveness of our sins. Ultimately, it's going to be vindicating for those of us who are Christians to see that there is coming a day where evil will be judged, but we don't want to be that evil which is being judged. 
I mean, think about even the village, how they relate to Christ. They relate to Christ through their fear of what Jesus' authority does to their economy and their way of life. They were not primarily praising the Lord for the, the healing of those two demonized men. They were more concerned about the implications of the authority of Christ in their life, and they didn't want to submit to that authority. And then think about the, uh, the way that the formerly demonized men related to Jesus. They related to him through their freedom, their healing, their liberation, and they wanted to follow Christ is what Mark and Luke teach us in the same account, that they were clothed, they were in their right mind. And they related to Christ through the freedom that they received in Christ because of the authority of Christ. And I want you to think about the way you relate to Christ. You relate to Christ directly through the forgiveness of sins, through the new covenant that he mediated between us and God through the blood of his cross. And then we, when we see Jesus, are going to rejoice. We're going to, we're going to, like Philippians 2, 8 through 11 says, we're going to confess that Jesus is Lord, but we're going to do it out of adoration, willfully. But yet there are going to be so many more, the de- demonic forces included, who are going to bow involuntarily by God's decree. And we got to make sure that we get to that question. We get to our, our life group begin thinking rightly about getting on the right side of Christ's authority. I was so encouraged, uh, even at our prayer night, I'm recording this podcast now after the prayer night, and I've been encouraged by the amount of people who have come up to me uh, recently and telling me that they're, they, they were saved, that they're getting on the right side of Christ's authority. I had three people come up to me, three young adults come up to me after the prayer night and say, we were recently saved. I had a gal come to me at the church last Sunday and saying, I just want to let you know that I got saved a couple of weeks ago. I mean, it is the ministry of our, our churches. It's our church's primary ministry here as we think about proclaiming the gospel to see people getting on the right side of Christ's authority. And I trust that it's a big part of your life and a big part of the life of those in your groups that you see the need of making sure people are on the right side of Christ's authority. So get to question number five. I think it's going to be real helpful for you guys uh, and and real applicable as you guys begin thinking about uh, Easter coming up, uh, begin thinking about the people who you know need to know the saving grace of the gospel of Jesus Christ. All right, life group leaders, a few announcements. Remember, we have a life group leader training uh, next week on March the 3rd after the 11 o'clock service, and we are going to be meeting in the auditorium. Come with your laptop, with your Logos downloaded. There are lots of derivatives of Logos. There's a free version. I hear there's like a very cheap couple of dollar one, like two or three bucks, and then there's a subscription you can get, and you can spend on all these different packages. I'm not concerned with which one you get. I just just get one of those. It can be the free version. I'm going to make sure, at least try really hard in my training, uh, to use the resources and tools that will be available for all of us to give us the most breadth and depth. Uh, and I'm going to help you guys uh, set uh, study guides. Uh, I'm going to help you guys set a template that will help you study through Scripture well using your Bible and your study Bible and your Bible commentary or dictionaries. Uh, and your Bible encyclopedias. I'm going to help you link all those things there and be able to take notes and so you can keep track of what you're doing. I just want to give you guys a basic uh, overview of some of the ways you can use Logos to enhance your study of Scripture. Um, uh, maybe to some of you it won't be new, but I trust that, that it'll be helpful in some way for all of us. Uh, other announcements, Easter and Good Friday are coming up. On Good Friday we have services at 4.30 and 6.00. And so I'll commit now to who you're going to bring to that and uh, which service you're going to go to. 
Easter's coming up. We have services at 8.30, 10, and 11.30. I want to encourage you, uh, if you haven't chose which, or decided which, life, or which service to go to, maybe uh, choose uh, an 8.30. Uh, of course, you can go to whichever one you want to. We just want to make sure that we spread the attendance out over those three services so that both we have enough room uh, in those services and that we can also be welcoming to all the new guests who would come and those who haven't been here in a while who are going to definitely come back around Easter. So prepare and be praying for what God would do through the lives of people who show up here and we preach the gospel and the resurrection of Christ to them and we want to call and pray that they would respond to that. We have baptisms the week after Easter, and so baptisms registrations are open. We already have tons of people uh, registering, and I think there's about 20 people that I know who need to get baptized. And so we're having to figure out what are we going to do with all these people who need to get baptized. Are we going to have, are we going to have two back-to-back weeks of baptisms? We don't know, uh, but what we do want to know is if there's anybody in your groups who need to get baptized. And so make sure... Uh, to announce this week in your life groups that baptism registrations are open. They can register online uh, on the Get Involved tab. They scroll down from there and hit Get Baptized, and they'll register there. Final announcement is our NEC is coming up this June 14th through the 16th, and uh, I've seen the registration. We have quite a few people here registered, but we want to make sure that we get everybody we can registered for the NEC. And so make sure if you haven't already, go ahead and get registered so we know who's all going to be there. Uh, and so we don't uh, forget and wait and either not register or register last minute, which is never great for um, the organization hosting conferences when everyone registers last minute. So make sure you uh, implore and encourage those in your life group to register if they haven't already for the National Equip Conference where we will be talking about the biblical gospel. All right, life group leaders, I'm praying for you guys and the apprentices. Be praying for a great week. Be praying for your devotional time in, with the Lord and praying for your leadership in your life group. And I will see you next week.